Welcome in to the CHGO postgame podcast. Hawks lose 3-2 to the Buffalo Sabres at the United Center on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson. Mario Tirabasi will join us from the UC in a little bit. We thank you for being with us. We always appreciate you being here. And like we ask you before every show, please smash that like button on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Podcast listeners, make sure you are subscribed or following and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And Greg, before we get to the scoring recap and talk about the four stars of the game, this is one of these games where you the game ends and you're trying to look at it in the vacuum of itself, which is very difficult considering the streak the Hawks are on right now. This is the best game they played all year. I don't think there's much question about it. They've gotten wins against better teams, but this was the one game all year where I really feel like the Hawks had a significant edge in play and truly deserved to win this game. Yeah, they uh, coming off the game yesterday where we were frustrated with the effort and how it wasn't there for all 60. You can't say that about today, so the response was great. It was another good start. Uh, the starts of all three periods are really good. Yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence because, uh, you know, all three periods started with that dickinson felino Perry line. Get the four-check going. Yeah. Set a tone. It's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, this is a game where you, you can't really be frustrated like we were after the Nashville game. Or frustrated and not of, mad. You'd be <laughs> disappointed. This is more yeah. disappointed because this team deserved to win tonight. It just came up short, and in the end, the difference is a fluky goal from a defenseman nobody thought was going to come down the wall. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, Eric freaking Johnson. It's because we said that in unison is the guy that who play gets happened, done. but we didn't say freaking. No, I think there was another word in there, <laughs> um, and it's just it's very frustrating. Uh, let's recap the scoring here real quick. I'm going to do a better job at it tonight than I did last night, by the way, because I made a separate column. Of scoring plays. Look at me. I'm growing hey, two and a half years into the job. You're learning from your mistakes. That's all I can ask. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Sabres made it one nothing. 4-53 into the game. Rasmus Dahlin, who is just awesome. Watching that guy so in person good. is impressive. He walks in from the right point and snipes it right over Mrazic's shoulder. Uh, that was a shift with uh, the Bedard line out there just turning the puck over, over, and over again. Yeah, and Mrazic bailed them out. Moments before that, making a big save on Zach Benson, I believe it was. Yeah. And then they had a chance to get it out. Couldn't get it out. Bing, bang, boom. one nothing. Yep. And Darlene scores his fourth, assisted by freaking Eric Johnson and Casey Middlestat. You're going to hear that name again later. Uh, second period, 329 in. The Hawks tie the game. Taylor Radish with a goal that I was watching and didn't really see... <laughs> How it went in, just it, a really nice redirection. I thought the curse of shot went in. Yeah, it was weird. And it kind of like rolled over the back of the goalie and ended <laughs> up on the other side. And just like we were saying yesterday, get to the net, get a goal. Yep. It was a nice, simple play, exactly what we called for yesterday. You would think so, but Kershev just throws it in front. It hits Radish's stick and goes in over Uko Pekka Lukanen. What a great name. Two seconds after the Hawks' power play expired, so not technically a power play goal, but they were still in power play formation. Radish with his third, assisted by Kurashev and Nick Foligno. Uh, 10.55 into the second. Uh, Jeff Skinner scores a goal, and another brilliant play from Dahlin. From the point, 
has a chance to take a look, but sees Skinner standing there right next to the net, uncovered, and gives the old Duncan Keith, uh, not quite a slap pass, but a shot pass right on the tape. And Jeff Skinner is not going to miss that one very often. No. So Skinner's eighth, assisted by Darlene and Paterka. Skinner may be one of the most underrated players in the game. He could have stopped, tied both of his skates, got back up, and still shot into a wide-open cage. That's how much yeah. time and space he had. And Mrazek did his best to kind of get out and put the paddle on the ground, uh, but he was able to get it past. A nice play by Skinner, really nice play from Darlene. Uh, then the Hawks tie at 17-28 into the third. Philip Kurashev with his third point in two games. Uh, Connor Bedard and him are on a rush. Bedard shoots it, rebound kicks right out to Kurashev, puts a top shelf, beautiful goal. Uh, that is 10 points in 10 games for Philip Kurashev for those scoring at home. Shoot the puck, get to the net, score a goal. It's not hard. Yep. And then 10 and a half minutes into the third, the goal we talked about, Eric Johnson finds a sharp angle on Mrazek. And I, Panger was saying it went through Dickinson's legs, but I think it might have hit it Dickinson in the knee. Definitely changed direction. It was a strange. It was a it strange goal. It started to wobble. I think Eric Johnson caught everybody in the United Center off guard by actually coming down the wall and shooting. I don't think anybody expected. <laughs> yeah, right. Seth Jones was like, what are you doing, man? Like, And it's just one of those plays where like Dickinson was in the right place, just didn't get enough of it. It grazes off of him. Well, and the attempt is right, too. Stick the leg out, try to get a piece of it. Yeah. It just, just didn't get enough of it, and it, it flutters over Mrazek. And just one of those where you're like, all right, you know, not – not our night, I guess. No. So uh, Johnson gets his second of the season, assisted by Middlestat and Darlene. So your stars of the game, uh, Rasmus Darlene with a goal and two assists. He was the number one star. Your number two star, Eric Johnson, with the game winner and an assist. And, of course, Philip Kurashev with a goal and assist of his own. So here are your nominees, and you could vote for this on our YouTube page for the fourth star of the game. Connor Murphy, 21 minutes on the dot, four shots, six shot attempts, a hit and five block shots. Taylor Radish responding after not a great game. 16-24, a goal, two shots, and four shot attempts. Still want to see him. There were still several moments in this game where he had this puck on his stick and was like, mm, now I'm just going to not do anything. It's kind of a problem still throughout. Yes, game. throughout the team. Exactly. And then we're going to give one to Reese Johnson because he's just playing his ass off. 12-22, two shots on goal, including... Uh, forcing a turnover on Rasmus Dahlin with his hustle, gets a shorthanded breakaway, doesn't score, but ends with two shots, three hits, and a takeaway. A really solid game for Reese Johnson. So get your votes in on the YouTube page. So, yeah, it's it's the, the shooting epidemic was certainly in effect in the first period. And I think part of it is they keep getting scored on first. And they're playing from behind every game. And they get in this mindset of, all right, well, we have to be perfect. Because we come out of the game, we're flying, we're aggressive, we're making things happen, and then we're down. And I think it almost becomes like, man, we're doing everything right. All right, let's try something else now because we're down. And every little pass and every little shot is so overthought. And finally, like halfway through the first, they really started getting the message. Maybe it's because they tied the game. I don't know. But at some point, they got the message and just started throwing the puck at the net. They, they, they were, you know, they, they, it, later on in the game, they really did start shooting. But I just wish it wouldn't take so long. And I wish this team could get out to a damn lead. The Hawks had 59 shot attempts in this game. That's, uh, that's a lot. It's good. And I think 
what started to switch, and I don't know if this was something that the the, the coaches like planned for tonight, but the defensemen were very active shooting. Yeah. They had eight shots on goal from defensemen. So almost a third of their shots on goal came from the back end. Connor Murphy had four. Uh, Korchinski and Phillips each had a pair. And Seth Jones had a shot on goal. And, but those guys were active. It seemed like when the puck, they were just shooting. Like, just get it on that as we've been talking about. And hopefully when they have their video session tomorrow – it, they show those two goals tonight. They got their two goals by going to the net for a rebound, mm-hmm. and they got it both times. It's what we talked about a nauseum after the game yesterday. Too much, just shoot from the outside, and now you got to skate back on defense. Tonight, they were actively trying to get to the net. Well, we talked about the heat working. map yesterday. I'll... I'll uh... I, I noticed send, it was much different. It's much different in this one, and I'm going to send it to Steve, and we can take a look at it later in the show here. Um, but it, it is significantly better, and it's not a coincidence. Like, I know it sounds, you know, maybe like lowest common denominator when we just talk about shooting the puck all the time, but holy cow, like, it, it's, it makes such a difference. You see the goalies struggle. You see the defensemen chasing. You see pucks bouncing left and right. Eric Johnson is no Connor Bedard. He's never going to be, but he threw a puck at a net. He took a shot. Yeah. Why not? It's a veteran move. So 59 shot attempts, I'm not mad about. But they no. just have to get in this mindset of this needs to be the approach every yeah. night. And if they play most of their games like they played this one, they're going to be on the winning end more often than not. For sure. Like, they play the rest of uh, they play the rest of their games this year like they play tonight. You're going to start feeling a little more. This, feel, this felt like last season. Yeah. That game where you're like, Man, they probably should have won that game. If they had a little more talent, if they had one more finisher on this team, they win that game. Um, it has a different feel than yesterday's loss. It yesterday's does. loss felt like a winnable game, but you just didn't try hard enough. This felt like a winnable game. You just didn't get that one break. And here's something that frustrated me tonight. And it's been a problem all season long, but it happened at least three or four times tonight. Someone on the Blackhawks makes a great play to force a turnover. And then immediately nothing happens. Yeah. There was a play where Donato made a great play to knock down the puck in the slot as everybody's leaving the zone. And then he skated himself in a position where he didn't even get a shot off. There was another play, uh, again, in the first period that caused a turnover in in the, the Buffalo zone. And then they just try and make an extra pass. They don't get a shot off. There was a nice pickoff in a neutral zone. And then it just skated into the wall and gave it right back. It's like if, you, if you're thinking well fast enough to anticipate and make a play, you should also be anticipating, all right, I think the puck's coming here. As soon as I get it, I got to get it off. Like, right. Surprise a goalie. Yeah. Just knock it down and shoot it. Maybe you catch him off guard. Maybe you have a goal like the Eric Johnson goal where it hits off of somebody. Yep. Like, don't make a great play and then give the defense four or five seconds to recover. Yeah, there's just, you're right. There is so much peeling off. You know, you'll see, like, even, like, there'll be a two-on-one and you'll have a guy just turn his back to the center ice and face the boards and try to, like, backhand, 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 and then feed it out blindly in front. Just go north and south. Go to the net. L- look at the Kurashev goal assisted by Bedard. 
Bedard is one of your most finesse guys. He goes to the net hard, shoots the puck. He knows he's not doesn't have a great shot, but he shoots it, gets a rebound, and Khrushchev, who's also skating north, takes the puck and roofs it. It just it's just not complicated. But again, overall. The shots were there. I know Steven has the uh, heat map ready. He's got a million things going on. So, <laughs> producer Sorry, extraordinaire got the heat map. I saw you. Ha- I saw you have it uh, ready to go. Uh, this is from Natural Stat Trick. This is five on five, and uh, you look at the heat map here in comparison to last night's game against Nashville. That's what you want, and I know there's a lot like on the right hand side, which is I think more of a coincidence than anything. But you see, there's more action in front. Look where the two G's are. Yes. Exactly. Exactly right. So more of that, please. Keep that going. Um, and, and again, it's 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 just it's something that, that Richardson just has to keep preaching and preaching and preaching because eventually that he's gonna pound it into our heads and they're gonna get the message. And again, the last fifty minutes of this game, they pretty much did that, but there were still a couple moments, and I think again, part of it is that their confidence is shaken because nothing is really working for him right now. Yeah, and you know, hopefully he hammers home those two goals tonight and shows them, like, look, you got rewarded. Right. We just didn't get the team reward, but you personally got rewarded. So keep doing that. Keep playing that way. A simple game. We don't need highlight reel one-timers. We don't need to try and skate through three guys. Don't need to make the perfect cross-eyes pass. Shoot puck, go to net, score goal. It seems, uh, it seems very simple, but apparently it's not. Uh, speaking of that, let's talk about the first line after we take our first break here today uh, because you had, for the first time this year, Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel on the same line. I want to get your thoughts on that and get the thoughts of some of the people in our chat. But first, Greg's going to tell you about CDJR. We haven't had some ram power in a while. we got to get crammed. we got some ram power going on tonight. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, well, we've got great news for you. We are, we're on the same team with Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Ram. Fox Lake. At Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during the Black Friday sales event at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake, 0% financing is now available on all new models all month long. But that's not all. Just for listening, you can get a free oil change. Free, as in no dollars or cents out of your pocket for an oil change just by mentioning CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR slash service. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake for more information. Head straight to the dealership or visit raycdjr.com, serving the community with Ram Power since 1963. <laughs> and I know our Bears crew is out at uh, Ray this week. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. All right. At Tuesday Ray at noon, Shady, I assume. I yes. I don't know the time. That's the time our show is typically, so we'll just say that. Just uh, go we'll there real early, get some free coffee and donuts, hang out. Oh, and they're giving away free uh, oil changes, so make sure you listen yeah, to the Bears post game show. Yeah, they'll go give you all the details. To, go listen to Braggs and Carm uh, bitch and moan about whatever the F that was yeah, today. That was, it yeah. is at uh, noon, by the way. 
It is at noon. All right. I was go. at uh, Uncle Bud's today for the broadcast and was hanging out with my uncles. My cousin owns that bar, and uh, that's where CHGO Bears was today. And as soon as they settled for that field goal, I said, they're going to get conservative and they're going to lose this game. Sure enough, they did. And they need a hero, and the Hawks need a hero. And I don't have an answer for them on the field, but off the field, how about some hero bread? Low-carb, high-protein, that's what you need to be a great athlete. That's why a lot of people choose hero bread, including their founder, Cole Glass, who baked 100 muffins per day. Damn. Before he found the perfect bread that fit his allergy constraints, that's what pushed him to start Hero Bread. You need a low-carb option to fit your lifestyle and your diet, and Hero Bread has it for you. And here's what's great about Hero Bread. As a fat, I'm very particular about my bread products. And we had Hero Bread here a couple weeks ago, made a sandwich, ate it, had no idea I was eating something nutritious. It tasted like your average bread, you know, didn't, not average like it's bad, average like this tastes like your standard, what I would buy at the store to make my delicious sandwiches at home. It was awesome. It was soft. It was fluffy. It was delightful, um, just like Greg. And uh, it's, it's really great, and you're going to love it. It's high fiber, ultra low net carbs, and zero grams per slice of sugar. That's great. Go to hero.co, use the code CHGO, and you'll save 10%. They make sliced breads, buns, and tortillas. Again, all available on hero.co and Amazon. They've got fewer calories than the leading national brand, 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, go to herobread.co, use the code CHGO, and you will save 10%. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Do that. We have some super chats we got to get to. Let's do that. Then we'll get to the top line. Uh, Kaz Can says Mac, uh, Mackenzie Antwistle, has had really solid back-to-back games in his opinion. Agree. Also, th- peep the profile photo there. That's Mario with the uh, the helmet. Oh, nice. There you go. Maybe All it's, right. yeah. That's got to be Mario's new avatar instead of a uh, sultry-looking William Nylander. Yeah, I was a little, uh, I had to, I needed an explanation for that. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't know that was William Nylander when I first saw Must it. Must have been really hot in that studio for William there mm-hmm. in Sweden. He made it real hot, apparently. Yeah, but yeah it's a rumor. Uh, and our buddy Windy City Hockey says the Reichel Bedard Kurashev line was fun. Please keep it. Yeah, let's. Uh, thanks for the super chat, Wendy. Uh, and let's go there because kind of a bit of a surprise. Saw it during uh, line rushes yeah. today uh, before the game started. And Luke was sneaky today. No, uh, no morning skate. And then uh, when the media talked to him, he said, "Yeah, same forward forward group." He wasn't lying. He it was lying. the same twelve guys, <laughs> but he forgot to tell us that. Oh, by the way, Lucas Reichel is on the top line with Kershev and Bedard, and uh, it was good. Uh, there's no reason to um, to mess with that. It, they produced that goal. Um, you know, yeah, they were on the ice for the first goal against, um, but for the most part, uh, five on five, they were on the ice for 11-22. They had 16 shots attempts for against 10 a shot uh, against 10 shot attempts against. For a 61.54 Corsi 4 percentage. Uh, the only line that was better at that yeah. uh, was the uh, second line, the Taylor Hall, Tyler Johnson, Taylor Radish line, in about two minutes less of time. But they had 10 shot attempts for and four against for 
But that's uh, real good. Yeah, both your top six was was doing the work tonight. Yep, uh, and that's why you had a chance to win. But that line was fun, creative on the ice. You had three guys that can skate around the zone well, find those little soft spots, can be can get lost uh, at times when you know the defense can kind of lose them. Um, I liked it. We've been a lot of people have been wanting to see that for a while, and. I don't think there's a, a reason to to move away from that at this point. No, it was a really good combination. Well, let's hear Mario's with us from the United Center. Let's bring him in and see what Luke had to say about that top line because I agree. He's you know you're going to get a lot of uh, offensive production from those guys, and yeah, they're going to give up their their chances defensively. But I like Kurashev in that role to kind of settle things down defensively and help those other two out. Mario, thanks for being with us, man. Uh, what do we learn from Luke, and what do you have to say, if anything, about the top line? Yeah, I mean, he 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 did like uh, what he saw from from that top line, putting putting Reichel with Bedard and Kurashev, and um, as much as as offensive creativity and production that they can uh, muster up, it's you're still giving up a little bit defensively. So that's kind of the the balance between putting uh, putting those guys together. But I think we you know we saw it tonight that when they can control the puck, have sustained offensive zone time, they can create. Uh, a lot of a lot of decent looks, a lot of decent decent chances. So, I I liked it. Luke Richardson uh, said that that you know he he did like what he saw from those guys uh, as as a trio tonight. And um, I, I I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't think that there would be any changing of of, of that going into next game, uh, given the the results that they were able to to put together tonight. So we'll see what happens uh, uh, in the next game coming up. But I would I would venture a guess that. Based off of what Richardson said, he liked it enough to uh, to give it an, uh, another go. I know you sent in Nick Felino. I know you sent in Luke Richardson. So while we prepare those, uh, I want to get your take. We we sort of started the started the show saying that despite the result, this was probably the best overall game the Hawks had played all year. Uh, I want to get your feelings on that and just sort of overall what you thought about this one. Overall, I wouldn't say that this was the best game start to finish that they've played. Um, I think the beginning of the game, uh, it just felt like the energy in the building was a bit off from both teams and especially from the Blackhawks. Like they, I, it just kind of felt like it was slow out of the gate, but they were able to bounce back, you know, have a, a, a good second period. And, you know, you're chasing the game late in the third. Uh, you throw everything you can at the, uh, at every, everything you can at, at Buffalo in the final two, three minutes of the game, but you're, you know, you're still chasing it. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say this was the best complete effort that they, they put together. There were some good moments for sure. I think, you know, we saw some activation from the defensemen offensively to, uh, tonight. A lot of shots uh, were coming from the blue line. Um, I think that was good. I, I, I would say a lot of the decent chances that they had to score came from shots with traffic. Uh, both goals uh, came came in, in that, uh, or well, the, the the radish goal rather uh, came with uh, with a little bit of traffic, get a tip in front. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't call this the best all around effort, um, but it definitely was a, it was it was better than yesterday. So I'm I'm, I'm like that's it, at, that's at least a win. I just feel like it's the one that of all the games they've played. The one they deserve to win. I mean, they, they had some impressive wins against teams that are clearly better than them, but at the end of the day, it felt like kind of the other teams maybe just ran out of time. 
<laughs> on the comeback against yeah. the Hawks. Whereas this one, it felt like they really deserved it. You know, 59 shot attempts uh, for the Hawks. Uh, they only gave up uh, 35 shot attempts in the entire game, controlling the play for a lot of it. I mean, it was certainly imperfect, but, you know, we're just we're, we're nitpicking. But I'm just, I don't know, I, I just, on the heels of the consecutive losses and the loss to Nashville with the expectations of, okay, here come the teams that are not going to be such a challenge, it sucks. But if you, I'm trying to look at this thing in the vacuum, and if they play like this every night, they're going to win a hell of a lot more than they lose, I think. So, anyway. What's yeah. we for? Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was definitely an effort that you would say most nights you can come away with at least a point. I think, you know, you play this game this way, uh, more often than not, the Blackhawks could at least tie it up one more time, get it to, get it to overtime. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... I think back to, you know, the, the performance that they had, uh, I think it was the, the, the Vegas win uh, in overtime where, you know, Kershev scored the OT winner. I think that might have been a better performance. But it's definitely one of the games where they didn't win that you had a legitimate feeling of like, hey, they could, they could win this one. And I, I, I think heading into the third period, they had built up some momentum. They, they had rebounded from, you know, their, their first period, which wasn't great. Uh, they had a better second period, something we haven't seen a lot this season. Um, and then you, you carry that into the start of the third. The start of the third was was pretty good, but, uh, you know, midway through it, it, scales tipped back to Buffalo's way, and then you're chasing the game down 3-2 late. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those games where you, you, you'd hope for a better result given the fact that you probably deserved a, a better one. Um, but it's, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those games that just a little bit of it feels like it got away from them. All right, who should we play first? What's uh, what is more uh, red hot video? Is it Felino or is it uh, Richardson? I I want to play Nick Felino. All right. Yep. Let's do it. Right. I think we had the start that we wanted. Um, you know, and I just don't think we understand how we have to compete each and every shift. And it's it's some of the time right now, and that's the result we're getting. You know, we're, we're trying to claw back late in games, and it looks like it looks good. Right? Almost, we almost score. We, but it's almost. It's it's, it's no good. You don't put points on the board. Uh, we we either find a way to get that into overtime or, or you know win it by playing the right way. You know, it's it's that's the result you're going to get in this league when you don't play and respect how hard it is to win. Um, you know we. We can't be okay with just these. Uh, sometimes we play well. Sometimes we do the right things. It's, that's winning habits. We haven't built those enough. Is it tough to have only one win in this building? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I've been on the other side of it. When you come in this building and you're hoping to get a win some nights, just come here. I want to create that again. The fans deserve that. They sell it out every night to watch us play, and it's a great building when we're when we're playing the right way. And we haven't gotten the results we need. And, it's disappointing because uh, we want to make this a hard place. We talked about that at the beginning of the year, right? We want to make this a hard place to play, place to play, and um, that hasn't been the case, and that has to change. I mean, we're we're digging a hole here, and it's got to find a way out of it because this is this is awful. This sucks. But how do you build that consistency? You know, I think it's valuing what what wins, right? You know, there's there's a tendency sometimes it's not pretty, but you know, winning in this league actually isn't. You know, it feels good, but it's not pretty. So. I think that's where we have to get the mindset of, of how hard you have to work and sometimes how, how you know, I don't even know what the word is really, just the, 
the compete that you have to have, the sacrifices you have to make sometimes. You know, I want to go, uh, I should change, put my line mate out in a better position, right? And, um, I got to get this puck out. I have to. Whatever it takes, claw, scratch, get it out, get it in. Same thing, right? So, um, and once we start having those kind of habits, those kind of mindsets, it's amazing how the game just starts to come to you. And we do it when we're backs up against the wall, or, but we don't do it enough. And, and that's, that's the result we're getting right now, right? Where it's just a little, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're, we're a way better team than we're showing. And that's, that's the disappointing part, too, is, you know, I'm not trying to sound negative. It's just I, I see more. I see some practice. I see the plays we make. I see the, 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 you know, the care in this room. But it's got to translate out there. It can't just be just because we want it that way or, or, or our intent. Our intent is that. It's, it's not good enough. you got to execute, right? So, oh, yeah, I meant to get that out. We'll get it out, right? So those are the things we have to, we have to get through. And, um, you know, once we, once we do, once we get those good habits, this team could do a, a lot of damage. It makes me feel good when Nick Felino is basically saying the same shit we're saying after every game. And boy, would I love to talk to him. We got a couch for him right here. Bring him in. I won't pay the man to do it. Holy God. It's like he just, he totally gets it. And I've said this so many times, and I hate to repeat myself on the show, even though I do it all the time, but you talk about the perfect guy to bring in to mentor these young players. He's been a top scorer. He's been a grinder. He's played on shit teams. He's played on great teams. He has been a captain. He has literally done everything there is to do in hockey. He is the perfect guy. And eventually, my God, they're going to get the message because he's the guy, I would say now him and Kurashev, that every night you know you're going to get everything they have. Every freaking night. And all you can do like Jonathan Taves did when he was here, is lead by example and tell the guys, hey, let's go. This is what we got to do here. I'm glad. I'm glad Felino is unsatisfied with this. Yeah. It's a, it's a loss. These guys don't want to lose. I mean, it, even the team last year that was designed to lose, and this team is not designed to capture anybody's imagination of a deep playoff run, they don't want to lose. It sucks. Yeah. It goes against every every fiber in their being to lose games. So, like, as we could sit here and say, hey, you know, kind of a moral victory. They played real well. They probably deserve to win that game. So, we can't be mad. Nick Flew's like, F that. We deserve to win that game, and I want to win that game, and I'm pissed that we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, the, the, the messaging that we've heard a lot in recent uh, weeks, given the way that the team has been playing, has has been the has been centered around what Felino said is is that winning and doing the things that you need to do to score in this league and to win in this league are not necessarily always going to be tic tac toe, you know, set up nice passes, you know, saucing pucks across the the rink to uh to set up one timers it's it's going to be ugly goals and uh you know if if it works in the playoffs which we preach about all the time about how much you know greasy goals in the playoffs have to be and and how you have to simplify everything well if it works in the playoffs why not try that style of hockey in the regular season because it can work here too and and i think you know, we, we saw a little bit more of it tonight. I would say a lot of the good chances, like, like I said before, a lot of the good chances came from when there was a shot with some traffic, with some, you know, little little hecticness around the crease. Um, so I, I, I would hope that we see more of that. 
uh, and less two-on-one breakaways where no one decides to shoot the puck. We all just want to make beautiful passes and be on a highlight reel. Someone on this team, and I said it on Twitter, I want to shake this team by the collar and say someone be a goal scorer. Um, So I, I, I would love for the message to get across that Felino was saying is just like, you just have to simplify things. You have to, you know, just be willing to get dirty, be willing to be physical and, and stop playing on, on the perimeter, looking for beautiful passes for one and done efforts, get the puck at the net, drive to the net at the very least, maybe you get the stick, you get the, the puck knocked off your stick, uh, you know, drive into the net or something, but you could have a teammate there looking for, you know, a, a loose puck chance where the defense is scrambling or going into the boards to, to battle it out and keep possession in the offensive zone. So I, I, I liked that, uh, you know, that was the messaging coming from, from Felino, uh, a guy who's, that's his game. And, and I would like to think that he has the voice in the locker room to help Luke Richardson uh, get that messaging across, kind of being that, that, you know, veteran presence that we talk about a lot being kind of like an extension of the coach that more of the, uh, the locker room can, can hear and listen to, especially the young guys, uh, to kind of hear that message echoed and have it come from a player, you know, rather than just coming from the coaching staff. Yeah, and, and like Nick is not going to be the guy who says, like, go in there after the game and be like, okay, that was better. That was better. He doesn't want them to be satisfied with a performance like this. And we're, we, the three of us, can look at this and say, better, baby steps, hard to be mad after this one. They did everything right for the most part aside from, you know, the mistakes you're going to make in the course of a game, Nick Foligno and Luke Richardson can't just rest on those laurels because they don't want the guys to get complacent. They don't want losses. I I love the TV show Shorzy, and he always says when he criticizes a player, they don't hate to lose. You have to hate to lose, and it doesn't matter what the expectations are of your team. You have to hate to lose the game, and you have to be hurt after every single loss. And when I look at guys in this team that hate to lose, A, number one is Nick Foligno. He looks irritated after every single Hawks loss. And that's the guy you've got these young players looking to. Look, I, I'm not being critical of the young guys. I think they care too. I don't think it's a matter of not caring. It's a matter of learning on the fly and just having that message pounded into your head over and over again about how to win at the NHL level. And look, like, we could talk about, like, Connor Bedard is not blameless in this. Like, he has to learn that he's not going to be able to toe drag and dipsy doodle every shot he takes. He's going to have to pick his spots and simplify his game a little bit too because guess what? This is not the Western Hockey League. It's not the World Junior Championships. This is the NHL. That's Victor Hedman out there. Right? That's Roman Yossi out there. That's Rasmus Dahlin out there. They've seen every trick in the book. They've been playing against Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and all these star players for years and years and years, and they know when they've seen it. And I'm not saying that Bedard should not be creative and do the things he does and make him great. Of course, he's been awesome this year for the most part, but he's got to get better at picking his spots too. And what I with him, I believe he will get that lesson. Because he's another guy I truly believe effing hates to lose. Yeah, you're not wrong there. I, I, far be it for me to give Connor Bedard shooting lessons, but not every shot needs to be a toe drag and release. 
the league will the league will and I think has caught up to that tendency of his because I can't tell you how many times not only tonight but last night and in the last couple of games where you see Bedard get the puck and you see him get in in a shooting position and it's it's a it's a toe drag and shoot I get that he's loading up to release one of the best shots in the NHL but I think it's got to be quicker and because at this league everything happens quicker and I think the more that he goes to that like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna try and drag drag and release defensemen are gonna scout that and see that coming and know how to defend that eventually and I don't know I I, I saw a lot of sh- shots in the last couple of games that are getting deflected by you know sticks sticks in the way and and having shot shot chances broken up by defensemen from Bedard so I would like to see him be a little bit quicker and decisive when when a shot is coming uh and and be able to 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 get that off and and make that make that decision quicker I also would like to see him stop uh giving up passing or uh, giving up uh, shooting lanes for passes and sure sometimes he he makes the extra pass and it it works to get a shot on that, but man, fire it, kid! Like, just I—I I know you don't want to be labeled just a shooter, but it's the best thing you do. Like, let it go, let it rip. Like, I—I just—I—I want to see him uh, be a little bit more assertive. As much as I'm begging this team to have a goal scorer, I'm looking directly at him. Be the goal scorer. Be the—be the guy that commands the puck because he's going to fire it and he's going to make something happen. Every time he gets his shot off, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it is it is a piss missile every time it jumps off his stick. And yes. who cares if you have 82 goals and no assists? I'm <laughs> like, That's a Hall of Famer, man. I don't care. Like, and I know it's not what's going to happen, but, like, and, again, it's we're, we're nitpicking here. But these are the things we're talking about when you've got a young team, and it's not just Bedard. It's Reichel, who's less than 50 games. And was, I had a guy today tell me, on Twitter that Reichel's Alex Nylander. I'm like, he's not even 50 games into his career. Can we pump the brakes? There's been some criticism at Korchinski in the chat. The Isaac Phillips, like, these guys are new. If you were around before 2010, you had two or three years of NHL Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook that looked like Bambi on skates. Yeah. They didn't look like they could play at all. Duncan Keith's nickname for his first two or three seasons was Drunken Keith. Because he looked like he yes. had a 12-pack of beer before he took his first shift some nights. Yes. It's a work in progress. Things, and you, If you see improvement over the course of this year, then you're like, okay, we're on the right track here. And, you know, stuff about Bedard and the shooting. Yeah, I think he'll learn that and he'll get that. And if he's worried about, well, I need to be – I don't want to be just a shooter. I don't want to be a, a selfish player. You know, I want to get assists too. If you – if everybody starts thinking you're going to shoot the puck every time it touches your stick, and all of a sudden those passing lanes are going to start to open, <laughs> you're going to be able to. That's when you, like, look to make the pass. Yeah. When they have the shot covered, but there are times when the shot is there, take it. Look, when it comes <laughs> to development, look no further than tonight's number three star, Philip Kurashev, who played his 201st NHL game tonight, ten points. In 10 games, it is his third multi-point uh, game of the season already. Rookie year, 54 games, 16 points. Second year, 67 games, 21 points. Third year, 70 games, 25 points. This year, 10 games, 10 points. It 
takes time. Every player develops at a different pace, regardless of where they were drafted. Look at some of the young players the LA Kings have. Like Byfield and, and Alex Turcott, like still has not become an NHL player. Like these guys, everyone's different. Everyone develops at a different pace. Look at Ryan Hartman, who was a high prospect, and it took him to get to Minnesota to become like, okay, this guy has fully realized his career. Rasmus Dahlin was not this guy his first year in the league or his second year in the league. Look at Jack Hughes. Yes. Number one overall pick. Disappointing rookie season. Not a tremendous sophomore season. Right. People starting to say bust. Now, best <laughs> player in the league. He's back, right? Yeah. He's back. He came yeah. back today, I He believe. came back yesterday, and what did he do? He had two points. <laughs> oh, um. Goal and assist. Maybe, I think, I take that back. I think he had three points. I think yeah. he had a, Whatever it was, like, he's a legit MVP candidate now, so you just don't want to see the same mistakes getting made over and over and over and over again, and... You know, it's Bedard still has. I know we're, we're getting things in the chat about the, the the no look passes, trying to skate through three guys. It goes back to that quote we like to use from Derek King when he was in here. You got to coach the juniors out of them. Yep, those are things that he used to be able to do on a nightly basis and get away with it, and he's learning the reality now. It, you, you've got to take away some of those old instincts you had and replace them with new. NHL instincts, right? Like you, you, you got it. So yeah, when is he going to stop doing that? I don't know. If I had that answer, I'd probably be on the bench, not here. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it, it will happen. It's 16 games. Yeah. Like into this, like we're gonna watch these highlights in five years and hopefully be like, oh my god, totally different player. Yeah, look how far they've come. Like, and yeah, not just Bedard either. Like some the fact that Korchinski looks this good, this young. Dude, yeah, there's. It's exciting. <laughs> young players have to learn lessons the hard way most times, and sometimes those hard lessons have to be learned a few times before yeah. that finally gets it. Like when you go from being the best player in your country at your level, and no one's even close, to now a league full of guys that used to be the best player in their country at their level, and it's not even close. Yeah. It. Those bad habits that you could get away with in in the WHL, you, you got to – it takes time. You don't just do it once and go, oh, I guess I can't do that again. You're stubborn. You're a stud athlete. Yeah, I know I can do this. Okay, I get, okay no, I know I can do that. All right, I guess I can't do that. Yeah, Kevin Korczynski had 73 points in 54 games in the Western Hockey League. It's a different league yeah. for sure. Uh, by the way, our, our buddies at the Hockey Barn say – Although tonight we had uh, way too many shots that just would not go in, missed by an inch, especially the almost buzzer beater goal. So just so you guys know, when the game ends, like Greg and I basically get up and head over here. I did not see this screen cap uh, of the last second shot by the Blackhawks. They hit the inside of the goalpost with .3 seconds left, literally an inch to the left, and this game is tied. Just... That's how close it was. You like my circle job I did on uh, on. <laughs> Just Mid like, show too. Just, that's impressive. Just like the, uh, just like the Montreal game where Tyler Johnson hit the post yep. in the final second. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's hockey is a stupid, silly sport. Yes, and <laughs> we love it. proved it. And it was Eric Effen Johnson coming up the wall off a knee pad that won the game. And sometimes you just you got to take it. And uh, so yeah, it's uh, 
One of those weird nights that keeps us coming back. Yep. Uh, Mario, I do you want to stick around for Luke, or do you want us to let you go and then play it after that? Uh, what do you want to do? You guys are you guys are running the ship here. You tell me. Well, you've had a very long day. Yeah, you've been you, here you, you like had to go nine. see one guy skate around on the ice for a couple of minutes, and uh, you had to sit through a Bears game. So how about we uh, we spare you and and have you uh, start heading the long drive home, and we'll, pl- we'll do some reads and we'll do some Luke. Yeah. Before we do that, though, you see here on set, it's hockey fights cancer night. We each brought our signs from the arena. Mario, you want to talk about who's on your card, and Greg and I will do the same before we spring you. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not gonna Vince McMahon meme you guys, but, um, <laughs> roll on it just in case. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, my, my grandpa, uh, is, uh, is dealing with, uh, with cancer right now, uh, as is my dad and, uh, also, uh, not on the, on the page here, but is, uh, my uncle as well. Uh, and my brother-in-law. So it's, um, you know, it, we, uh, we talk about <clears throat> how it, you know, cancer touches everybody. Uh, you don't, you don't go through life without knowing someone, uh, affected by it, a friend, family member. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard. So, um, you know, nights like tonight where, you know, the Blackhawks, uh, make an effort to recognize the people who are, uh, who have beaten cancer, um, those who have uh, a current fight going on, and uh, those who have uh, lost loved ones to cancer. Um, it is pretty special. So uh, just wanted to uh, you know, so show uh, a little bit of support for those uh, close to me um, who are dealing with it and uh, to anyone else who uh, themselves are going through cancer, going through a battle, uh, or have loved ones or friends going through. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there uh, fighting that fight and fighting alongside you. So um, yeah, just it's it's hard, but uh, you know we're 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 all hoping for the best uh, for everybody uh, in in whatever situation you're in. So um, yeah, that's just what it's about. Well said, buddy, Greg. Uh, I could have filled out 50, 60, yeah, really. 100 of these cards. It was hard to uh, just pick one person. I lost my father to cancer. My mother's a cancer survivor. I've got uh, aunts, uncles. Uh, but I put down my Uncle George, who uh, in the past year had to have uh, major surgery to remove a uh, tumor from just uh, in his brain. They had to go in through his nose, major surgery. Uh, but he's doing well. He's cranking along but uh you know he's he's a big hockey guy so just wanted to let him know we're thinking of him and 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 the echo what mario said anybody um you know cancer just doesn't just it doesn't only affect the cancer patient yeah it affects the entire support system all the way down and it's just it's the absolute worst i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy and uh you know just tonight's tonight is a night i love and hate at the same time. Yeah, it's tough. Because I love it. <laughs> yeah. Because, but then you see, you know, these stories. This little girl, four years old, yeah. dropping the first puck, has been dealing with a stage four rare brain cancer since she was three months old. It's just, it's just not fair and yeah. just awful. But I love that we get to have a night to like 
with that center stage and celebrate uh, the brave individuals who, who go through it, not only the patients, but the support systems as well. I put down on the card uh, both, both my parents. My mom is a breast cancer survivor. My dad, a prostate cancer survivor. My Aunt Julie, who went through just ungodly amounts of chemo uh, about 15 years ago, and she's doing great. And uh, Troy Murray, who was uh, my first favorite Blackhawk after I became like a, you know, you jump in on on the, the studs of the 90s, and then you realize, like, whoa, there's some really badass hockey players on this team. I've always loved Muzz. And uh, Moon Mullen who passed away over the last year or so. Uh, One of my heroes in media, one of my heroes as a person. So rest in peace, Moon Mullen. And uh, for anyone going through uh, cancer stuff or any sort of death of a loved one, I want to recommend a book called The Heart That Works by Rob Delaney. It's about uh, how he lost his son to brain cancer. Uh, It is tough. It is brutal. It is written with a lot of heart and a lot of humor. And uh, after I lost my sister, she had epilepsy. It was not cancer. But when I lost my sister, I was able to read this, that book uh, last year. And it was really, like, kind of therapeutic. So I highly recommend A Heart That Works by Rob Delaney. Uh, it's really good. Um, but like you said, it touches everybody. Everybody in that arena had a sign with a name on it. You know? Yep. Everybody knows somebody. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Darren Pang for shouting out the caretakers, as you mentioned. And... Uh, shout out to everyone who is working their asses off to find a cure for this. Mm-hmm. You know, over the last few years, we've seen medical science drag through the mud and politicized and all this shit. And there are people that dedicate their lives to curing people from one thing or another. And this battle against cancer is not stopping anytime soon. So if you're one of the people working on it or caring for people that are suffering, uh, we all thank you for that. All right. Let's get mad about hockey again, shall we? Yeah, let's get petty. <laughs> let's get petty and mad. <laughs> All right, Mario. Serious stuff. Enjoy your ride back to Canada. We will uh, talk to you on uh, what Tuesday is our next Tuesday. Show? Tuesday, yes. yeah. Tuesday, two thirty. Sounds good. See you guys. All right, buddy. Safe All journeys. Right, safe travels, Mario. Take care. Uh, yeah. Should we do our ad reads here and then uh, get to Luke? Yeah. Let's. That sounds like one hell of an idea. <laughs> um, and. You know, we talk a lot about things that could save you money around here. Your free uh, oil changes over at our friends with the Ram Power. But if you want to win money, everybody likes winning money. If you want to win more money than anywhere else, you head to the Circus Sportsbook app. Now available in Illinois. Why are you going to win more money there than anywhere else? Because they have tight money line splits and a low hold model. What does that mean? Well, it means games are going to strive to have a minus 110 split on the circus sports menu. Unlike the other sports books, which means which may use uh, one minus 115 or minus 120. Layman's terms, that means more money in your pocket when you win. Like that. And they keep as little as money po- possible on those large market bets like futures. So if you bet Conor Bedard to win the uh, Hart Trophy or the Calder or lead the league in goals, they're going to give you more money compared to other books. Plus, they have high app limits and transparency. Some other sports books apps, when you start winning, they're going to try and limit what you can bet because they're tired of giving you their money. Well, that's Jerks. not the case at Circus Sports. They don't limit players based on their winning. Every player has the same limits no matter what. They encourage bettors to download and explore all the other betting apps available and compare the lines from each sports book. And you know what? You're going to go right back to Circa. 
The thing that puts them over the top, besides more money in your pocket, if there's ever a problem, there are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolves issues in a timely fashion, unlike the other books who use the chatbots. Boo. Chatbots are like fluky Eric Johnson goals. They suck. <laughs> All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main sp- Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, an immaculate sportsbook, I might add. Download the Sporka, Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois-app. Once again, that's www.circasports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Be on the lookout for Circa events like watch parties, tailgates, if you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And with all that money you win at Circa, you can get some new floors in your home, and there's no better place to do it than with our friends at Empire today. They are a Chicago institution, you know that. They've got a shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee empire today is the best place to get new flooring so of course they're gonna have people trying to be them but guess what no one can beat empire on quality service or speed they will they'll promise you the lowest prices but anyone that does that is putting bad flooring in your home you might step on that floor boom right through into your basement you don't want that that won't happen with empire you're gonna stay on the floor you intend to be on good feature of a floor i think Unlike the roof here, because sometimes <laughs> it feels like someone might come cascading through right on top of it. But Empire Today keeps it simple with your shopping, with their curated product selection. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with a thousand choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team combs through thousands of product samples every year to find the perfect styles. And hey, you want to see how your new floors are going to look in your house? Use their virtual floor designer, snap a pic, and you can see how the floors will look in your home instantly. Schedule a free in-home estimate today, and all CHGO listeners can receive $350 off when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. All right, let's hear from Luke Richardson. Then before we go, we've got to do Connor's Corner. We've got to do the four-star of the game. We've got to do Who's Your Hawk. It's a busy show with a lot to do. Got a lot of stuff, damn it. Yeah, but let's hear from uh, Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson, courtesy of Mario Tirabasi's phone. A lot of good things, but, you know, how frustrating is again? Can you kind of sense the frustration that guys are feeling with some of these losses? Yeah, you know, it gets gets uh, heavy on, on everybody, I think. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really like our first period. I thought we really just didn't have a lot of energy and, um, you know, I thought the, the first shift uh, in the second period, uh, we played like we should have. We, we played fast, uh, we played physical, and, uh, you know, got us some power play time out of that, and uh, I think it, it got us going a little bit. But, uh, you know what, it, we're going into the third period a lot these days, uh, tied, and we don't come out on top, so we got to find uh, a way to. Uh, be on top of these, uh, you know, for a change and just get some life and, and build off of that. But, you know, I mean, it's, it, it takes one, but, um, you know, I mean, I think uh, there's a good group of guys in there of, you know, there's lots of young guys, but there's some really good uh, veteran leaders that are talking and saying the right things for these guys to stay uh, stay up and stay, uh, you know, I mean, positive because uh, 
the only way we get out of it is for the group in there themselves is to get us out of it by winning one. What do you chalk up that inconsistency to, like the good period here, bad period there? Yeah, um, you know, I think that was really uh, the first bad period, but we've had spells within a period where, you know, there's a, a shift that we don't do the right things and we turn the puck over and it gets us in a spiral down downward. I think that happens to every team. The momentum changes on certain whiffs, so whether it be um, a good play or a bad play. And, uh, you know, I think just as a team, we're just having matured to that point where we can, you know, have a solid 60 minutes where, you know, if one kind of thing, uh, you know, hiccups on our team, we don't uh, multiply it. And, uh, you know, I think we, what we want to do is like that first shift in the second period, and I think we did. We followed suit after that and had a pretty good period. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we just couldn't seem to uh, muster much, uh, you know, in the third a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, there's really no words why it happens. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the other team was probably thinking the same thing coming in tonight, but they got the win. So now they have their first stepping stone on their way up, and we, we're still looking for ours. So, uh, and now we have to look to the next game. What but, went to the decision to put Reichel up with Bedard? Um, you know, we just thought we would just try, uh, you know, the young guys together and see if there was a little bit of chemistry there. And I thought Kershev uh, was probably, you know, a real driving force on that line tonight. And uh, he's been pretty responsible and, and uh, you know, brings speed to our game, uh, you know, consistently since he's been back. So I think that was a... It was a good sign, you know. I mean, to see that tonight, and uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. It seems like they might struggle a little bit defensively together, not having that Felino presence, but can also kind of make it up in the offensive zone. Is that sort of the the give and take that you have to accept with that? Yeah, and I think the, on the first goal that that happened a little bit, uh, where maybe duplication, and maybe that's partly the first time maybe playing with each other, but. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously Nick was a real uh, good uh, influence in that respect and, and keeping the young guys, you know, I mean, and, and engaged and in check defensively as well as offensively. But I think uh, they were better in the second period, for sure. And, uh, you know, and hopefully that we, that can grow and see where it goes. What happened uh, defensively with the Skinner power play goal and then the Eric Johnson? Well, the, the Skinner goal, you know, obviously we just, I thought we had a, kind of a chance to clear. We, we have to clear pucks like, and, and take chances on clearing pucks on our, fore, on our forehand instead of taking pucks back and trying to maybe flip it over to another corner for someone else to get out. Uh, we got to get a definitely more assertive uh, in that area on the penalty kill. Uh, and then what happens when you don't get it out, we, we, we try to pressure, but you're a little tired and it got to the top. And I think both D were on one post and Skinner went around the net. Much like the, the goal, um, I think it was in Tampa against uh, Kucherov came around the net and you know he just gets open for a second the puck bounces there but uh, that was a nice play by them but I think the last goal we have to do a better job on our line rush against we have to hold that blue line it just got in the blue line it was pretty close to being offside but it uh, just got in and we have two or three guys stuck over there and they won the battle and then the puck goes side to side now Seth's got kind of got a two-on-one and um, you know played Eric uh, Johnson to the outside, but he got a nice backhand and short side. But uh, it happened quick, but it all you know, starts with holding that blue line when we should have. You started uh, each period with the Dickinson line with Felino and Perry. What did you see out of them? Um, you know, I, I think they uh, 
they were gonna probably play against Tuck and Skinner most of the night is what the plan was and, and they did and did a pretty good job but uh, I think it was uh, you know the challenge after the first period to the whole team to play a little harder and skate harder and I think they came out and, as veteran guys and showed the team how to do it and they got you know under Darlene's skin and they had a good forecheck and then they end up uh, I don't know if we drew a penalty then or shortly after because it got the team buzzing and, and the next three lines that went out followed the same so that's what we count on the veterans to do and they do it in the dressing room but they did it on the ice as well. This is surprising. I mean I asked you before about the surprising home record but you know, does it surprise you that the energy wasn't there for the home game? Yeah, um, just probably no reason. I just uh, think Buffalo came out and they, they were smooth skating, especially some of their defensemen. and They were trying to play fast and they weren't really playing very physical. And I think we fell into that trap that we're going to have a no-hitter here tonight and just try and play up and down the ice. And that's really not the way we're going to have to play. We have to play a, a complete game. We have to escape, we have to be physical, we have to execute uh, some skilled plays. And, uh, you know, I think for us just to skate up and down and try and execute uh, skilled plays without playing physical in a complete game, uh, we'll find ourselves on the bottom side of that a lot. So we have to make sure we, the games that we, we look at, that we won, you know, against good teams like Pittsburgh and Vegas and uh, even Toronto, we, we were hard, hard against those teams and the good players. And that's the way we're going to have to play and compete to win. You've talked about with the young D, the importance of moving the puck quick. And there was a play where Korchinski kind of hesitated a second, got stripped, and then took the penalty. Is that the kind of example of something you'll go over in terms of the learning process with that? Yeah, and there was one, I think one uh, instance in the third, and it's just making, letting them know to feel comfortable. Sometimes there is no play, and I think Vlasi held on to it a little too long in the third and ended up being an icing because uh, he had to make an extra hard play and it wasn't there. And it's sometimes just like we call it punting it, like an airmail to center ice is an okay play when you have nothing, especially for a young defenseman because it keeps you out of that extra trouble where you're going to start chasing around and probably be playing behind them. So you end up either taking a penalty or giving them a chance. So uh, it's a learning process and, uh, you know, we try to explain it and show it to them. And, uh, you know, the more reps that they get, the less it will happen. So uh, that's... Or, 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 you know, if someone's not here, that's what happens in pro, pro sports. But um, they're good guys. They're, they're very smart young players, and they're learning on the fly. That's Luke Richardson. As always, the voice of reason, the voice of logic. Um, Sam, we're all feeling, and I, I, just, I, I just love his demeanor. He's never, you know, even when he's annoyed, he's not angry. He's not artificially pissed. He's not slamming stuff. He's, I don't know, I, I just... I en I just enjoy him very much, and I think he's the right guy for this job right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he hasn't given me any pause for concern about going forward. I think I remember he's a he's learning on the job too. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a, this is his first head coaching gig, so he's he's learning the t what might work and what might not work as well. So they're kind of growing together, uh, which is good because then they all kind of come in their own at the same time and. The rest of the league might be in trouble. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good thing. I think there's a Jack Adams in his, in his future when his team gets better. Like the, I think the first year that they like kind of break out and make 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 the playoffs and maybe unexpectedly win a round, maybe two, he'll get the attention he deserves because he's he's been really solid and the players love him. They listen to him. That's the key. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Luke Richardson does when he's got. 
a really talented roster. Yeah. We haven't seen that yet. No, we have not. Um, so it'll be nice to see, uh, you know, what happens when, you know, the young guys are, are hopefully reaching their potential. Maybe one or two of those prized free agents are brought in over the next couple of years and you're ready to go. Let's see what happens. Definitely. All right, let's award our four-star of the game. Now, I can see Steven preparing the graphic, and I know that this graphic was prepared a while ago, so it must have yeah, been a runaway. It was a runaway. Who's our winner? It is Taylor Radish in an action photo there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, got his third goal of the season. Uh, you know, he has been inconsistent this year. But something came up the other night that I do think we should acknowledge and, and the fact that he is a really solid penalty killer. Um, 246 on the penalty kill. That's more than Seth Jones. That's more than Connor Murphy. The only guy with more PK time, you want to guess, Greg? Top of your head? You just mm. said his name to me. Uh, did I? Kenzie Entwistle. Kenzie Entwistle. Yep. 335 of PK time for him. So he's that's how, got... That's how you stay in the NHL. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, if Taylor Radish can score... 20 goals, 40 points, and kill penalties like that, he becomes a very valuable part of this team. Yeah, and uh, he got the CHGO Blackhawks bump. He did. We called him out yesterday, and uh, <laughs> he took it to heart. He crashed the uh, the net and scored a goal. Let's see more of that. Back-to-back games. Let's, let's yes. start stringing some of that together. Absolutely. I mean, yes, he's been fantastic on the penalty kill, but... I want him to be more than just a penalty killer. We've seen him be a 20-goal scorer in this league. Let's see it again. All right. Now let's do Connor's Corner because we need some happy music in our lives. <laughs> Everyone loves the music on Connor's Corner, and why wouldn't you? I just love looking at the graphic to see if anything new has appeared uh, since last time we had the graphic on screen. A couple of people caught the uh, the addition to, yeah. to the graphic last game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they'll be coming. They'll be coming during the year. So Connor Bedard finished the game with an assist, assisting on Philip Kurashev's goal. Why did he get the assist? Because he shot the effing puck. Assist come that way too, Connor. Two shots on goal, four shot attempts. Credit with two takeaways in this game. So, you know, I not every game is going to be four points from him. Like, that's, no. you know, but uh, you want to see, as we discussed earlier in the show at length, learn those lessons, adjust to the league. I'm very confident he's going to. Uh, so, nice assist for Connor Bedard tonight. And with that, that means for the third game in a row, I have won. Who's your Hawk? Yes. Based on the power of the Lucas Reichel secondary assist. Yeah, I uh, I yes, almost sir. picked Nick Kershev today, and I talked myself out of it. I went with Taylor Hall, and I'm an idiot. Hey, Taylor Hall had a nice game, too. Make no mistake. He had a nice game, but just didn't get on the score sheet. Yeah, I, they were. it was a nice game. Could have been a better game. He could have scored. Uh, there are a couple, couple plays. He needs to be more aggressive, but, uh, you know, he's not one of those guys I really worry about when it comes to not shooting the puck. You know, he'll, he'll have his brain farts, but shooting the puck is, is you know, what he does best. He had uh, five shot attempts, just none of them hit the net tonight. So, thanks, Taylor. Twelve shot attempts for the Hawks with him on the ice, four against. That line was really good. 
It was. It was effective. Just wish they could have pushed one across. That would have um, been nice. That would have been you know, nice. The fourth line was great, too. We need to give them a shout-out. Reese Johnson. I know we, we put Reese Johnson as one of our uh, fourth-star candidates. Uh, that line was good. And we pondered our fourth-star candidates, a guy that should get an honorary mention or an honorary four-star. Yeah. Isaac Phillips was fantastic. He was good. Really good. Saved that goal game. in the third period. Yep. Just fizz, they put him out there on the PK a little more. He's a kid that looks like he never wants to go back to Rockford. No, and, you know, I thought that uh, Kaiser was decent today, too. But I wonder if uh, Phillips could push Kaiser back to Rockford. You don't know. We'll see uh, when Tenorti comes back. But, you know, Phillips gives you what you're missing when Tenorti's not in the lineup. Right. Gives you that guy that is big and not afraid to get in front of the net and knock people around. But unlike Tenorti, he could skate real well, and he can give you some offense. He had a couple shots on goal. You know, Phillips got a lot of power play time in, in Rockford. He was on the second power play unit. He had two power play points before getting called up. So he's got some sneaky offensive ability. Yep. I really – I'm a big fan of Isaac Phillips, just the whole thing. He's a great kid. Yeah. Got awesome parents. Uh, you know, good – I want him to succeed. I think he could be a very – popular player here by the way he plays so let's uh let's keep him playing here and uh, see what happens he was second best in terms of possession on this one 14 shot attempts four with him on the ice six against at even strength so a solid game from him uh yeah it's it's you know he he his first game here this year was not great because it was a horrible situation yeah um but since he's been back for the second call-up since it already went down and Zaitsev uh was on personal leave uh, he's been really, really good. Got one more super chat before we go from Paul. How many times does Bedard have to get the puck stripped trying to enter the zone between three or more guys entering the zone before he stops that? Well, we're going to find out. Yes. Hopefully not too many more. Yeah, we're going to find out. <laughs> Thank you for so, the super chat, Paul. Yes, appreciate it. He will certainly do that. All right, we got to say goodbye, but before we do, Greg's going to tell you about becoming a diehard, and I'm going to tell you what beer to drink because we yes. all need it. Become a diehard. Diehard, being a diehard is awesome. It's fun. You get uh, 20% off merch. You get a free shirt or hat upon sign-up. And every time you renew, you get another one. So that's one free shirt or a hat uh, per year. 20% off merch and all of our events. So if you were a diehard and you were lucky enough to get tickets to our sold-out takeovers this year, you save 20% on that. Plus you get access to the premium written content. Over at allchgo.com, that includes the Rebuild Report Mario and I put out every Wednesday, and uh, Blackhawks Beats every Tuesday. By uh, Tuesday-ish, eh, bouncing around the days when when something's important, Jay's going to tell you. But it doesn't matter what day it comes out. If you're a diehard, you're going to be able to freaking read it. And that's right. all that matters. Exactly. Plus, you get mem access to the members only Discord lounge, which is a fun place. Uh, a lot of the, our regulars here from our our post game chats. Hang out there as well, so go say hello over there. And whether you're a diehard or not, chgolocker.com is the place to go for all your holiday shopping this year. Buy someone a diehard membership if they're already a diehard or they don't want to be a member. Get them some sweet merch. Black Friday sale is coming up from Black Friday until Cyber Monday. So that's November 24th through November 27th. Shirts are up to 90% off. That's a lot. Team gear, at least 20% off. All CHGO gear is 33% off. Hats and hoodies, $10 off. 
Plus, spend $75 or more, and you're going to get a $15 gift card. So buy some stuff for your friends, your family, and then get 15 bucks to spend on yourself because, damn it, you've earned it. Yes. So go check it out. Black Friday through Cyber Monday, CHGO Locker. The savings are crazy. <laughs> They're insane. <laughs> uh, by the way, some people have reached out to us over recent days with their memberships expiring, wondering like how that works. How do they get the discount link? Once your uh, subscription renews to Die Hard, you're going to get an email with an invoice and a renewal code, uh, discount code. So that will come via email. So if you're wondering how that's going to work, that's how that works. It's how you do it. And celebrate the renewing of your uh, Die Hard membership with an ice-cold, frosty Goose Island from our friends at Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. They've got the Oktoberfest. The beer f- hug, <laughs> the beer fug, the beer hug family. The fug? Three one, I'm telling you, his helmet. Three one two <laughs> wheat ale and the full pocket pills. That's what the uh, Goose Island Brewers are drinking right now. But you know, Christmas time is here, so the Christmas ale will be here. The Blackhawks Pale Ale, the Bull and Goose, all available right now. And yesterday, I drank a beer that was not a Goose Island because I was at a fundraiser for a friend, and uh, boy, I was missing that three one two, my friend. I was missing that. So check out, make sure you drink Goose wherever you can. And I saw the beer vendor today at the Hawks game walking through with the Goose Sounds. I'm like, I wonder if I would lose my credential if I started drinking up here. The answer is yes. So I didn't. Grab yourself an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer <laughs> Hell yes. All right, we are back Tuesday with a uh, 2.30 regular show. Yep. Uh, then we got a game on Wednesday. 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock, Blackhawks, Ass Jackets. And then a game on Friday. Yes, no shows at all Thursday for Thanksgiving. Right. 1 o'clock home game Friday against those Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Uh yeah, so that'd be a fun game. So post game show fourish. Fourish, yeah, usually around uh, four. No gate, no show Saturday, and another early post game show on Sunday. This is another one p.m. puck drop against those jerks from St. Louis. Love it. Oh, let's pick up some W's here, though, huh? Let's go. We need some points. No more moral victories. Let's get some actual victories, Blackhawks. We're calling you all out. It worked for Radish. Maybe it'll work for the team. All right, we'll talk to you. Tuesday at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Go, 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 go. We all silly like the mayor. 